The title of the sermon series for the next two weeks is called Hills and Valleys. Because that's the God we serve, one that we find in the hills and in the valleys of life. I don't know if you, you remember this, but I ended last week's message with the prophetic word about John the Baptist as we find it in the book of Isaiah as my concluding thoughts. And I wanna read it this morning as my opening thoughts to you as you prepare your heart for the word of God. It says this about John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. And then it speaks about Jesus doing this. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places will become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Isn't that amazing? The promise and the fulfillment of Jesus that every high place will become low and every valley will be filled. And that's our heartbeat for this series as we study some prayers from this book that we would have that faith in our hearts that this Jesus who was prophesied about would come and do that in the hills and the valleys of our walk. I really believe wholeheartedly that the Christian walk is one of battle and blessing. And then battle and blessing. And again, battle and blessing. It's almost like it's a two-track walk of life, like we have two feet. We find ourselves in a moment of amazing blessing, and if you wake up every day and consider where you are and what God has done, you will count incredible blessings in your life. But then we find ourselves also often, and probably daily, in battle, right? And somehow and sometimes we get perhaps a little bit fatigued by the battle. But the promise is that it's always a blessing in the fulfillment of the word of Jesus Christ. And we're gonna study the book of Habakkuk together over the next two weeks. I'm gonna see how Habakkuk prayed and what he prayed. And I believe this will empower us as a people to live this Christian walk of both battle and blessing. Because the battle we fight in the spirit and with God is never in vain because he's busy building a house in us and through us corporately that would withstand everything that the enemy would try and do to break it down. Last year, we spoke about this often, what it means to be in the battle and that we can be victorious. And the book of Habakkuk speaks about this. It's a rare book, it's a prophetic book, and as the prophetic books are in the Old Testament, it speaks prophetically into the situation at hand in the nation of Israel and the nations of the world. It contextualizes what God is busy doing in a prophetic way to speak to the people of God so that they understand. But what's different to the book of Habakkuk and those of the other minor prophets is that he doesn't just speak what God is doing. He actually stops and he questions God on it. He says, wait a minute, God. Can we talk about what's happening for a minute? Can we just discuss this? He didn't just speak the oracles of God as recorded in the other prophets. He actually complained, which you believe. He asked the big questions of God. 
The big question that probably all of us battle with in life at some point, maybe more, and at other points, maybe less, but if God is a loving God and in control, and his promises are sure, then why is the world looking the way it looks? And maybe more personally, why is my life falling apart? Anyone ever been there? Where you say, wait a minute. If you are what your word says we are and we believe and we hold on to it, why aren't things going the way that they should be going? And that's where we're gonna start this morning, seeing that Habakkuk prayed an honest, heartfelt prayer, but an honest, heartfelt prayer of hope. And that last part is incredibly important, to know that he didn't be honest with his heart, and that he was heartfelt, and he bring completely all of that to God, boldly, and saying, wait a minute, Lord, what's about to happen here? But he did it with hope. And I believe that if we can get to a place as a people to be honest and really heartfelt in our prayers and we bind that together with hope, we will see a mighty move of God in our lives and in our midst here in this place. Do you know what we do? We suit and tie our prayers. We think that when we speak to God about stuff, it's gotta be proper, right? It's gotta be somewhat to what it was like going to to the traditions of years back when you go to church in a suit and a tie and all dressed up because you're presenting something on the outside that is not probably correct on the inside. Where God clearly calls us, and you see it even in the life of Jesus, where you can honestly and heartfelt say, Jesus, this is exactly how it feels, and it hurts, and it's terrible, and it is hard. But I have hope that you would speak to me. What we do is we take our prayers and we put them in a box. And outside on our walk, we speak to our friends and our families and we complain. And we go through stuff and you speak to your spouse and you sigh and you say things. But the moment you go to God, you say, I'm just gonna quickly put that in the box and put the lid on that and say, okay, I'll just pretend that everything is okay and say, God, you know what, all is good. Uh, If you want to, I'd really enjoy this or that. Or you know what, God, I've gotta praise you because you deserve it. And yes, absolutely. But before Habakkuk got to that point, and we'll see through the story how he constantly stopped at that point of praising God because he deserves it. He was bold enough to pull off the lid and say, God, let me come with my honest, true self and speak to you. That is what God is inviting each one of us to. And what I love about this book and the way it's written is that it starts off in despair, as we'll see in a minute, in a terrible moment of despair. And as the voice of the prophet is, it goes right to the end, 54 verses later, and the very last verse in this book speaks completely about hope. And that's what the prophetic voice does. It goes into the certainty of the future and it brings it back to the reality of today and it speaks hope in that moment of despair. And therefore, this book is incredibly relevant to our lives. 
I tasted the waters this week and spoke to a few people and said, I'm going to preach on Habakkuk. And I had some, whoa, that's hectic moments. Like, really? Wow, okay. But this book is all about that, that we can come honestly and heartfelt before God, knowing that I believe this morning and in our lives, he will speak a prophetic word of hope, knowing that in the end, that which he has promised will be fulfilled and is secure. Are you expecting for that this morning? If you are, say yes, amen. amen. Now say yes and amen as we go through the whole sermon this morning. But this is where he starts. He comes honest, heartfelt, and I think even hurting before God. And the Israelites are in a terrible place because of terrible sin, and there's war, and there's calamity, and there's pain, and there's destruction. And he opens up the book of Habakkuk with these words. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Wow, that's bold. I've been there in my life where I'm like, Jesus, another day, another week, another year, haven't I been asking you for so long? Haven't I prayed for others and I've seen the breakthrough for them and the exact same thing? And how long should I cry out for help, but you do not listen? That's what makes this book so incredibly relevant in our walk, because all of us end up there because of the circumstances of life at some point or another. You cry out to God and you say, God, I am such a mess that I need you to come through here. If you don't come through here in this area, then I don't know how I'm gonna face another day. And you know then what happens, instead of just having this, then this is being added and that is being added and it gets even worse. Anyone felt like that ever in your life? Put your hands up high. I look sometimes at, at people and, and being a pastor and you're in a unique position of hearing the stories of what so many people go through, even this week, getting messages and WhatsApp and conversations of people going through very difficult times. And you think, Jesus, if they could just have that, it would be amazing. And then you hear, you know what, life added this to it as well. And it added this. So Habakkuk starts off by saying, God, how long will we cry out and you do not listen? And then he describes everything around that in the first few verses, and I'll read it to you, and you could go and study it this week in your own time, but he says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch at all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Yes, a mouthful. He opens up and he pulls off the lid of his heart and he says, God, let me just ask you, in the midst of everything around me. What do you say? And then as faithful as God is, and that's the one thing that's sure, is he always responds. If you go to him with an honest and heartfelt prayer, the one thing you could be sure of is that he would respond. 
the question you have to ask yourself, are you okay with the response that he brings? God responds with his word. He says, wait for it. Are you ready? I'm about to tell you something. Are you, are you, are you there? Isn't that what we sometimes do with, with one another? I've got some news. I'm like, listen, I've got to tell you something. Are you ready? Or, you know, just quickly take your seat. I've got to tell you something. Have you ever done that? Where you say, listen, I've got to tell you, wait for it. Here it comes. And God speaks and he says, wait for it. I'm about to tell you something profound. When we pray honest prayers, when we pray heartfelt prayers, we can always be sure that God will respond. And so often he responds so powerfully. He says, just wait for it. I've got something great up my sleeve. And then he says this, look at the nations and watch. Be utterly, utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if I told you. Wow, God, I just came with my heart and I, I poured it out in front of you and he responds and he says, wait for it. You're gonna be utterly amazed because I'm busy with something that if I tell you, you wouldn't even believe it. That sets a level of expectation in the heart of Habakkuk. When God moves, we will be amazed, regardless of what that move of God looks like. Because in the end, there's always hope. And hope never disappoints. And God says, Habakkuk, I hear your cry, but wait for it. I've got something that you wouldn't believe, even if you were told about it. I can imagine in that moment how Habakkuk's heart started dwelling up inside of him. It's like God heard. I just poured out my heart and, and he listened. And we don't know what the time frame is of the conversation between Habakkuk and God. We read it the three chapters, the way it was recorded. But maybe after God said that, wait for it, you will be utterly amazed. There was a big pause. And in that moment, hope started rising up. And Habakkuk was probably thinking, here it is. God's going to say, end it. It's done and dealt with. I'm going to deal with everything you asked me to deal with. It's going to be finished and a better day is gonna to rise today and it's all gonna be good. But this is what God responds. He says, I am raising up the Babylonians. <laughs> I like the nervous laughs. The Babylonians, more specifically, the, the Chaldeans in this story were brutal. They were violence all around. They ran across the nations of the world and they burned down cities and they killed people and God says, I'm raising them up. And I can, I can imagine in that moment how Habakkuk's heart might have started here with his honesty and God says, wait for it, you will be utterly amazed and it rises there and God says, I'm raising up the Babylonians and it drops right to the bottom. And that's that moment where you say, God, I, I'm desperately crying out for this. And then life adds that and that on the side. And it just becomes 10 times worse. Let's read how he's gonna raise them up. The Lord replied, I'm raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. 
They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away like eagles. They swoop down to devour their prey. When they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone, but they are deeply guilty for their own strength is their God. I don't know what I would have responded in that moment if I was Habakkuk. Maybe I would have packed up and left. So that's it. Maybe when we run out of rain in the Western Cape, that's where some of us are. Like, God, we've asked. And you said no, because you control it. It's completely in your hands. What I love about Habakkuk is that he, he stuck it out. He didn't say, you know what, I'm gonna bail on the Israelites. Go find a better place. Because there were probably a whole lot of better places to go to in that moment. He had a choice to make on God's response when God said, be utterly amazed. I'm gonna do something and you're not gonna believe it, but it's gonna get worse. He didn't pack up his tent, say, another place, another town, another city, another country. Maybe the rain is just a metaphor of how so many of us are feeling in our lives. God, day zero is about to hit me. And if that comes, I don't know, I just, I think I'm done. I think this thing called Christianity just doesn't make sense anymore. And the story of hope this morning is how Habakkuk responded to what God said. He said this, Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, we will not die. You, Lord, appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. The first thing that Habakkuk does, he responds with truth. He says, now it is time to speak the truth that I know, that I serve an everlasting God. He says, God, aren't you from everlasting? Aren't you the one that we sing about, that there is none like you? Our God stands tall or powerful. Who can compare to him? Not even my storm, my pain, my cry that you haven't listened to compares to the God that you are. And I'll stand on this promise that because of you, we surely won't die. And then after responding with truth, he makes it incredibly personal. For a moment, he steps out of his role as a prophet and he becomes just a person before Jesus and before God. And he says, God, my holy one, my rock, responds with truth and he says, I'm gonna hold on to my rock. Because that's all I have in this world is my rock. 
And your rock, Jesus Christ, the cornerstone on which you build is available for you today. If you can, like Habakkuk say, even though it might get worse, I'm gonna respond with truth and I'm gonna hold on to my rock. In that moment, he identifies what God is doing. He says, God, you appointed the Babylonians. It's by your doing. And he flips our theology around. Our easy theology of saying that, hey, everything will be okay. Everything will just be fine. Don't worry. Sometimes God appoints things in our life which is the complete opposite of what our life cried out for in that moment. And we're gonna see how this prophet goes beyond that and gets us to a place of hope. Because he realizes in this moment that because of the sin that Israel is in, and yes, so many times we find ourselves in a place, not because of sin, but because God is just deeply working in our lives and he sees a holy and a redeemed and a preferred end to this journey that could never get us there unless we allow him to take us through this valley. We can get to that place. We will get to a place of hope. It is designed for a holy and a just end. And this is the beauty of the God we serve is that he is just. That's the one thing that I'm sure of. When it seems like he is not, the Bible says it so clearly and we see it time and time again that he is just. And if we wanna love him for who he is, we've gotta love him for his justice as well. And his idea of justice and what just is so often looks so much different than ours. And this is what he responds and he's saying God speaks about the Babylonians, you are eternal, we will not die. You appointed them for judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. But you are pure and you cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung upon their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who made us rich, they will claim. Will you let them get away with us forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless contest? He says, truth, God, you are from everlasting. Truth, God, my life belongs to you. You are mine. But I'm gonna ask you one more time. And he pulls off the lid of his heart. Are you really gonna allow this? Is this really about to take place? And then the famous verse of Habakkuk that we all know, he says this, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Do you turn your back in a moment like this or do you position yourself like Habakkuk in a place of waiting, in a place of faith? One last time he pours out his heart and he says, honestly, Jesus, honestly, God, this is how I feel, but I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna wait and hear what it is that you wanna say. And he positions himself in a place 
of waiting. How will we wait on God in moments like this? God responds in a beautiful way, he says, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets. Write it down. Don't just pencil it in. I've got this, this saying that whenever I have a conversation with someone, I said, hey, let's get together. Like, like, yeah, let's pencil in a date. Anyone does that? It's almost like we'll put it down, but let's see what happens. Do a rain check. And when the time is quite right, we'll do a Google calendar. That's how we pen it in these days. But God says, write it down, pen it in. And so many times in our expectation of God's response, we pencil in things. God says, this is what I'm about to do in your life. You're like, oh, okay, we'll see. I'll put a pencil to that. He says to Habakkuk, write down what I'm about to say. It's gonna be clear. It's gonna be right and it's gonna be fulfilled. And we've gotta write those things down in our lives, especially in moments like this, because it's through these valleys that we're gonna fight and we're gonna see those words that we've penned in coming to fruition. And he says something beautiful. He says, write them down plainly on tablets, clear and correct. Carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It might take time. It is in the future. Another scripture says, or another version says, though it may tarry, then the promise, it will be fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? That every promise that God says to us will be fulfilled. And God stands up in this moment and responds to Habakkuk's honest, heartfelt prayers. And he says, I've got something to say. You better write this down and know this, that I am gonna fulfill this. And this morning, God wants to speak that over your lives, that God is saying, I've got something in store for you that you've been crying out to. And though it might get worse for a couple of days or months or weeks, I'm gonna say that I will fulfill my promise. And if it's not in this lifetime, there's an eternity perspective that in heaven one day, no pain, no hardship, nothing will separate us from the love of Christ anymore. That's what we've got to hold on to this year. But it starts with us coming and saying, God, I'm gonna rip my chest open and tell you this is how I feel, but I'm not gonna let go of hope. And then God speaks and he says, I'm gonna do something in the Babylonians that's gonna crush them. It's gonna destroy them. And I want you to go and read that this week. And he speaks about the Babylonians and how God is gonna treat them after he has used them for his purposes. Because he is a just God. He doesn't just raise up this, this terrible nation to bring judgment. He then stands back and he says, enough. Enough in that person's life. You've come to my son and my daughter, enough. I've allowed it for a season, but I'm saying enough. And now enemy, I'm gonna deal with you. And you might just be at that point of enough this morning. But if you let go and don't stand at your God and your watch post like Habakkuk and you turn your back, you're gonna miss out on what God is about to do. And this morning, I believe he's gonna speak to us and some of you are gonna write things down in pen. That will be your hope. And he's saying that word will be fulfilled. And he speaks about the Babylonians and he says all these things, what he's gonna do to them and that he sees how terrible they are. And then he ends, and this is the last time God speaks in this book. In Habakkuk 2 verse 20, he says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. 
Habakkuk, I heard your complaint. I heard it again. And in the end, you now just be silent. Because I am God. And in jumping over into chapter three, again, we have no idea of the time and space that passed. But I could imagine in that moment after God spoke about the Babylonians, what he's about to do, how Habakkuk maybe just retreated and said, okay, God. You are God in heaven and here am I on earth. So I'll let my words be few. The beauty, and this is what I said in the start, is how this book ends. Next week we will study the entire chapter three. But 53 verses after Habakkuk said, how long, O Lord, shall I wait? How long shall I cry, but you do not listen? He ends the book of Habakkuk with a declaration. And here it is. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. And that is the hope the prophet speaks in this moment of despair. That's the hope that he speaks, that in the hills and in the valleys, as sure-footed as a deer, we'll be able to scale and walk through anything because sovereign God is my strength. And I believe that this year, regardless of what happens in your life, that you will still be standing at the end of it. Because that's what we see, that Habakkuk was still standing. God spoke something terrible to him in this moment. But he said, my heart will hope in the everlasting. Because he is my God. He is my rock. He is my holy one. And he takes us to the end as sure-footed as a deer. Have you ever tried to climb the Haldeberg Mountain without going up the easy route? Anyone? I've done it the other day in December and my foot sure slipped a whole lot of times. We were jumping over rocks. We didn't go the easy way. And on the way there, I was going up with a friend. We spoke about this very thing, that doesn't God make our feet as sure-footed as a deer? And that's the promise that I don't know what this year might hold for you in terms of heights. I don't know what this year might hold for you in terms of valleys. But I wanna say to you this morning, like Habakkuk, speak to your heart and say, hope in God, the sovereign God. Because that is what we are called to do. I love how God has led us last year through this theme of His sovereignty. The fact that we called our wholehearted album Sovereign God isn't by chance. He was teaching us as a people what it means to step into a place where we could come honestly before Him and regardless of what He says, we will stand before Him, we will wait, we will expect, and we will always end with rejoicing. Habakkuk chapter three is an entire song of praise to God. Even after God spoke to him and said, I'm gonna do something that is mind-blowing, it's gonna be bad. He says, God, I rejoice. I do not run in the opposite direction, but I hold on to the hope that I have in my heart. Fast forward a couple of centuries. 
Jesus is with his disciples. And he says, you know what? Let's get into the boat. Let's go there to the other side. They all jump into a little boat. And Jesus says, well, I'm human after all. I say that often. <laughs> I'll go down. I'm going to have a nap. I'm a little bit tired. And he goes down and he sleeps. Next moment, a mighty storm, a powerful tempest rises up. And his disciples are tripping out. A little bit like Habakkuk. Seriously? He said us we should go there and it's this bad? What was he even thinking? And then they echo the exact words of Habakkuk centuries later and they go to Jesus and they say, teacher, don't you care that we are gonna drown? Don't you mind? We're about to die. And you sleep. You might be right there this morning. God, I'm about to drown. It feels like you're sleeping. You might find yourself there often in your walk. This isn't a word just for today. It's not just a word for this year. It's a word for life. Jesus rises up and he does something beautiful. He stands in the midst of the storm and he says, Peace. Be still. I am God and I'm in my holy temple. Be still before me. And the storm stops. And he turns to his disciples and says, shouldn't you have more faith by now? Shouldn't you have come to a place where these things don't shake you like that anymore? I believe there's an accelerated jump for some of us this morning, a shift where we are so often like the disciples freaking out in the boat but because Jesus steps in and he says peace be still, it changes but he wants us to become a people like Habakkuk who says I'm going to start by asking but I know there's a hope that these storms of life aren't going to upset me like this anymore